Welcome to the Empowered Eating and Living Podcast, where we dive into your inner world to explore all of the psychological, emotional, energetic, and spiritual components that may be influencing your struggle with food and eating. I'm your host, Sarah Emily Spears, a trained psychotherapist and energy worker who recovered from my own eating disorder. And now I help women just like you do the inner work to address the real issues keeping you stuck in your problematic eating patterns. Because I assure you, your problem with food is about way more than food. So join me and guest experts as we discuss the psychology of eating and healing and empower you with tangible steps you can take today to begin to improve your relationship with food and yourself from a place of true nourishment and care. Hello, dear one. Welcome back. Today, we are going to be talking about some of the underlying or probable causes that are contributing to specific quote unquote issues. There are three topics I'm going to be focusing on. The first is what is contributing to bulimia. The second is what is contributing to appetite challenges, either excessive appetite, which could be overeating or emotional eating, but also the loss of appetite, which could also be considered something like anorexia. And then the third category are going to be feminine issues. That can be hormone issues, irregular periods, etc. And I'm focusing on these three categories or topics because these appear in the book, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. You may very well know who Louise Hay is. You may also be familiar with that book. And if you aren't, I encourage you to add it to your to-buy list so that you can take time to read it because it outlines how our thoughts create our reality, how every thought you think and every word you speak is creating what's happening around you, is influencing what's happening within you and is causing your body to respond to the thought patterns and the emotions that you choose to create for yourself. This was one of the first books that was given to me when I embarked on my healing journey, which is why I want to share this with you today, because it was really pivotal in terms of how I was approaching healing myself. And you may find that this is true for you as well, because for myself, when I first started, all I wanted to do was control food and eating. I thought my problem was that I couldn't control myself around food. I thought my problem was that I didn't have enough willpower. And I actually thought there was something wrong with me because I couldn't just eat normal. What I didn't realize was that there were lots of underlying causes that were causing me to overeat, that were causing me to binge and purge, and that were causing me to have hormone issues. I went years without a period, which was not normal at all. And I didn't realize at the time that it was all connected, that my eating patterns and my appetite and my hormones had similar underlying causes, which is why I'm really excited to share this information with you today. My intention is to share with you the probable causes, as well as the suggested new thought pattern that Louise Hay offered. She's sort of the affirmation queen. She was one of the first people who really preached that affirmations and positive self-talk and thinking is going to over time start to change your reality. It's going to change how you're feeling. It's going to change your health. It's going to improve the issues you're struggling with. 
And so not only will I share with you the probable causes and we'll discuss in detail how that might be showing up within your own life so you can do your own inner exploration, but I'm also going to give you the new thought patterns that you can write down and affirm and repeat every day so that you can start to begin to address the underlying cause and actually shift either that thinking pattern or that emotional state of being so it doesn't continue to essentially show up as whatever issue you're struggling with because that is the power of the mind-body connection. What's happening in the mind is going to manifest in the body and vice versa. Now, the three conditions, again, that we're going to be focusing on are going to be appetite issues, bulimia, and feminine or hormone issues. So you can drop down in the show notes if you want to jump ahead to the condition that you resonate with, or you can keep listening if all three apply to you. Let's get started. So first we're going to look at appetite, right? That's obviously how hungry are you? How much are you eating? And appetite is broken down into excessive appetite and loss of appetite. So if you're somebody who struggles with binging or intense food cravings or emotional eating, Then listen to the probable cause for excessive appetite, which Louise Hay names as three parts. The first is fear. The second is needing protection. And the third is judging emotions. So I'm going to break these down. Let's start with fear. If you have fear, and I want you to think about where in your life you know there are things that you're fearing or worrying about, your fear might be a fear of gaining weight, right? You may have a fear of eating bad foods. You may have a fear of something happening to your loved ones. You may have fear over your health. You may have fear over being alone forever. Fear can take so many shapes and forms. And so think about where in your life you're experiencing fear or you have fears These may also be subconscious fears, so it may not be obvious at first. Take some time to journal and really sit with this and be honest with yourself. You may have a very long list, actually, of ways that you're stuck in fear thinking or letting fear sort of rule your life. The second is needing protection. Now, if we're scared, if you're in fear, if you fear your well-being, if you fear safety, if you have fear around how am I going to earn enough money to survive? Then if survival is on the line and your brain is fearing that there's going to be some form of harm done to you, it makes sense that your body is going to want to protect you and keep you safe. What does that have to do with an appetite? Well, your appetite is first of all, if you increase your appetite, it's creating a comfort or soothing through eating. But secondly, it's going to contribute to you putting on weight and weight is a form of protection for the body. It's a subconscious protection, right? It gives the brain peace of mind that you have a little bit of cushion, but it's also a physical protection for the actual body. It protects your organs, right? It protects you if in some extreme case that there was danger and you were out in the wilderness for weeks and you had to survive. It's like you have enough food stored on your body that you are going to be safe and protected. And then the third probable cause is judging emotions. Okay. So if you're experiencing fear or if you're experiencing a plethora of emotions and you're invalidating your emotions, you're telling yourself, I shouldn't be feeling this way, which is the hallmark 
of the emotional eating cycle. It's that as a child, your emotions were invalidated. And so to look for support, you sought out food. And that became, over time, the maladaptive coping mechanism of how you have learned to self-soothe and manage your emotions. But if we had our emotions invalidated as children or at any point in your life, then oftentimes what happens is we begin to invalidate our own emotions. You maybe should all over yourself. I shouldn't be feeling this way. I should be happy. I should be grateful. I shouldn't be angry. I shouldn't be sad, right? It's the should, should, should. That's going to be your indicator that you're likely judging your emotions. And the problem with that is if you're judging your emotions, you're in resistance to the emotions, and you most likely are repressing or suppressing them, and not actually allowing yourself to fully feel and release the emotional energy from your body. And so it's likely that that is going to fuel your tendency to have an excessive appetite to try and feed your feelings instead of actually feel your feelings. Now, the new thought pattern, if you identify with having an excessive appetite and any of those probable causes resonates with you, fear, needing protection, or judging your emotions, the new thought pattern that you can write down and begin to repeat is, I am safe. It is safe to feel. My feelings are normal and acceptable. And just to be clear, when I'm giving you these new thought patterns, this is a tool to support you in repatterning your thinking patterns. But this is in no way the only antidote to improving an excessive appetite. There's layers and components and pieces to the puzzle, which is why I always focus on the five bodies of health, looking at the physical body, mental body, emotional body, energetic body, and soul body. And what we're looking at right now are the mental and emotional bodies through the lens of the work of Louise Hay. So I'm giving you some information that you can digest, that you get to apply to yourself that maybe you've never considered or looked at before, but this is not the only thing that you need to address. Okay. Just to be clear, I don't want you coming back and saying, Sarah, I've been repeating that new thought pattern and nothing has changed because this is just one part of the entire healing process for you. That's addressing the mental thinking patterns, but that certainly is not the only solution. Just want to make sure I'm clear in that. Okay, so we're going to move on to the the problem of bulimia. And this applied to me, which is why I want to share this with you. Because at the time, like I said, I was just stuck in judgment. What is wrong with me? Why can't I stop doing this? Like I knew there was a problem, but I didn't realize what the true problem was until I worked with a practitioner who told me, you need to read you can heal your life ASAP. And once I read that, I saw this list of probable causes and it really opened my mind to understanding where the true work was for me. Because according to this book, the probable causes are twofold when we're looking at bulimia. The first is hopeless terror. And the second is a frantic stuffing and purging of self-hatred. Ooh. We're going to say that one again, a frantic stuffing and purging of self-hatred. Let's start with hopeless terror because that might not make sense to you. There's a concept that I've heard in the spiritual world that when a soul, non-physical, comes into the physical plane, 
into a little infant embryo before birth, that there can actually be a lot of terror created going from non-physical into physical form. And that the process of birth can also be very terrifying for a soul because it's gone from being in the warm womb with maternal love and safety and cozy into what could be a very shocking medical sterile environment with bright lights and loud noises and tons of energy. And you could imagine how that could also induce a lot of fear or terror. Now, the hopeless terror means that there's this underlying feeling within the being that no matter what I do, I'm doomed, basically. Like, no matter what I do, I'm stuck. I'm stuck here. I'm stuck on earth. I'm stuck in this body. And that's just one example. You may be experiencing hopeless terror in different ways. Maybe you experienced a really terrifying accident. Maybe you've lived through some really terrifying abuse or some really intense situations that are pretty traumatic. And there's this sense of hopelessness that's resulted from it. And your nervous system is stuck in a, in a space of almost that fight, flight, freeze mode, right? There's intense fear in the nervous system and you're operating in that space energetically. You may not know that this is the case, but if you find that you easily scare, if you're kind of nervous and worried about a lot of things, or there's just this always antsiness where it's like hard for you to calm down and feel like peaceful, it's possible that you've got some terror stuck in your system that could in fact be fueling your binge and purge behaviors. One of my personal reflections as I began my own recovery journey was realizing that my purge was an attempt by my brain and body to get out of my system some of this really uncomfortable stuck energy. And it's curious to consider if maybe some of that energy was actually some stuck terror in my system. There's no way to know for sure, but it's worth wondering. It's worth considering. The second probable cause for bulimia, and again, these are just two probable causes provided by Louise Hay, who was not an eating disorder specialist. So there could be many more probable causes. I understand that this is limited. It's just giving us a new perspective, a new way to look at this. The second probable cause is a frantic stuffing and purging of self-hatred. And what I really want to just highlight here is the self-hatred piece, because that was true for me. I hated myself. I hated myself for not being able to control myself around food. I hated myself for creating the situation I'd put myself in, for getting bulimia in the first place. I carried so much self-hatred and I didn't realize how that was actually the poison that was fueling my disease in the first place. And all of the women I've worked with and my own healing journey, what I found to be true is that the underlying universal healing component is returning to self-love. It's the hardest thing for us to do. It's probably the hardest thing for you to do for yourself. And it is absolutely essential and one of the most important parts of your healing journey. Because when you fully love yourself, you will no longer abuse yourself with food. You will no longer abuse yourself with your thoughts. You will no longer neglect your needs. You will operate from a place of self-love, which means you will make choices about how to nourish your body from a place of love. You'll make choices about who you spend your time with from a place of love. You'll make choices about how you care for yourself from a place of love. Everything changes when you can get to the wound of self-hatred and begin to heal that. And it's usually the deepest, most stubborn layer to get to, but the most important. 
So I want to invite you to think about for yourself, if you struggle with bulimia, if it feels true that you hate yourself, is there any level of self-hatred present? And if so, why? And if so, what is it going to take to begin to forgive yourself and replace that hatred with love? Now, the new thought pattern that Louise Hay presents is the following. So write this down and you can repeat it every day, multiple times a day to support yourself in changing these self-hatred thoughts. It's, I am loved and nourished and supported by life itself. It is safe for me to be alive. The safety piece is huge. You know, this goes hand in hand with the appetite one, the excessive appetite and the need for protection, right? If you don't feel a sense of safety in your body, if you don't feel a sense of safety with who you are as a woman, then it's so important that you begin to process and clear any of the terror or fear that's in your system, that you work through the fear and terror thoughts, and that you're able to start to get imprints of safety in your nervous system that your brain and body really begins to believe that you are safe. And this is where nervous system health, where doing processes such as tapping and working with a practitioner who can actually create a a space of safety for you to be in because our nervous systems will start to regulate and feel safe when we're with other nervous systems that can mirror that to us. Your mirror neurons will respond to the safety that's being communicated to you through eye contact and loving smile and warmth emanating from the body and someone else breathing slowly or gentle touch. So there's lots of practices that will be supportive for you really starting to believe it's safe to be alive. And so this new thought pattern to me is just a mantra that becomes the guiding light for all the other work you're doing so that that new thought pattern actually feels true, feels true. It becomes anchored in your subconscious as truth. And there's no conflicting evidence anymore sending you a signal that the opposite is true. The final category that we're going to look at are what's called female problems. This can be a laundry list, but I'm going to just name off a few. There's things like menstrual problems, vaginitis, menorrhea. Those would be some examples of female problems. And the reason why I'm including this in the appetite and bulimia bucket is because usually they go hand in hand. Like if you're struggling with excessive appetite or eating issues or you're binging or purging, it's going to have a direct effect on your hormones. And typically we see that there's irregular hormones and a correlation with female problems and eating problems. So I want to include this because I'm suspecting this may apply to you. And if it doesn't, then you can just skip ahead. Okay, so the probable cause given for female problems is threefold. First, denial of the self. Second, rejecting femininity. Third, rejection of the feminine principle. This is so good. I can't wait to break these down. They're similar. There's an overarching theme of either denial or rejection of self and femininity, but they're slightly different. So let's look at each one, starting with denial of the self. The word denial means that something is untrue. So what would it mean to say that the self is untrue? What that means to me is, for example, if I were to tell you, 
You're so beautiful. You're so lovable. You're so worthy. Like who you are is enough. And you deny that to be true. You say, no, I'm not lovable. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not successful enough. Then you are denying self because the truth is that each and every one of us, you included, you are not an exception to this, who you are, yourself, the I is inherently good and lovable and worthy and deserving and enough. And so if you're denying these basic fundamental truths, you are denying the self and you are living in a dissonance with your truth. The second probable cause is rejecting femininity. Now, many of us rejected femininity at a very young age. I will start with myself. Growing up, I lived in a neighborhood where there were a ton of boys my age. And I used to spend every single day playing with the boys in the neighborhood. I was the only girl and I sort of became a little tomboy-esque. That's the nature of the society, which especially in our Western world tends to be extremely patriarchal, is that the masculine way of being has become, has become the dominant force that runs our society and that conditions us and tells us how we should be. And so many women have had to reject femininity and not be so feminine and so sensual and so desirable in our feminine bodies because it either wasn't safe or it wasn't acceptable and we wanted to adapt to be able to survive and fit in. So we have many women, this was me too, right? We become very focused on achievement and success. It's like, I'm going to have a successful career and I'm going to wear business suits and I'm going to play ball with the boys. You know, I used to go to the basketball courts in my neighborhood and I would play hoops with the boys. I wanted to be as good as the boys. I wanted to show them that like I could hang. And in doing so, I began to reject my femininity. Now, there are other ways that you could also reject your femininity. If you hate having a period and you hate having to go through your moon cycle every single month, then you may have rejected your femininity. Like, I don't want to be in this female body. I don't want to have to deal with what it means to be a woman. It would be so much easier if I could just be a man. If you've ever had those thoughts, there could be a rejection of your femininity. Additionally, if it ever felt like it wasn't safe for you to exist in your female body, then you may have turned down your feminine essence and energy as well. What I mean by that is for many women, as you develop through life and you begin to form breasts and a curvy butt and you begin to maybe have more of this sensual energy, right? You can get attention from men or from other people and sometimes it's unwanted attention and it makes you uncomfortable. Now that attention may have come in the form of a look, the way someone looked at you, It could have come in the form of words and how someone spoke about you and your body. And it could have come in the form of actions, right? What someone actually did to your body. Did they touch you without permission? Did they advance on you? Did they coerce you into intimacy and activities that you weren't comfortable with, right? If so, you may have rejected femininity because it didn't feel safe to be in your fullest expression of your sensual power and your feminine essence because it was attracting unwanted attention. And so we shut it off. We dim it down because it doesn't feel safe. The third probable cause is rejection of the feminine principle. 
Now, the feminine principle is slightly different from femininity. In this instance, I describe femininity as like the feminine essence, the energy that we contain within ourselves that all beings contain. Men also contain a feminine essence, but typically within the masculine body, the masculine energy is going to be a little bit more dominant. And within a feminine body, the feminine energy is going to be a little more dominant not always. There are exceptions to that, but we're going to go with generalizations right now and say generally we find that the feminine body is going to have more of a feminine energy. And so looking at femininity, the rejection of femininity is this feminine essence. Now, rejection of the feminine principle though is slightly different because the feminine principle is about how the feminine behaves and engages with the world and with others. The feminine principle is one of rest. It's one of slowing down. It's being magnetic. It's receiving. It's like when you're in the feminine energy, the principle of femininity is that things come to you, right? You don't have to go do. You don't have to go hustle. You just are. You are yourself in your full magnificence and life comes to you, is attracted to you. The feminine principle is one of play. It's one of nourishment and compassion and loving the way that Mother Mary or Mother Teresa just loves all beings. Like these are the feminine principles that govern what it is to embody your feminine essence. And when you reject the feminine principle, you reject your your natural tendency of how you would exist in the world as a female and tend to adopt more of the masculine principles, which are those of doing, of achieving, right? It's very much get things done energy. It's very structured and organized and rigid. And feminine principles are wild. It's the wild woman that doesn't want to be tamed, who's emotional one minute and laughing the other, and then angry again and passionate, right? That is the principle of being a feminine. And for many as many of us, we have rejected those ways of being, to adopt the more masculine way of being to fit into the society and culture. We've become tame. We've become domesticated. And in doing so, in sort of turning off the valve of our feminine essence, our body responds and it impacts all of the qualities of the female system, of the reproductive system. It affects hormones, right? It affects our vitality. It affects our mood. And we begin to lose our vitality and life force and our true essence. So if you feel like you're disconnected from self, this may be an important piece for you to look at. Where have you rejected what it is to be yourself, to be feminine, and adopted more of a masculine way of being? And there's absolutely no shame here. This is so common in our Western society, especially in the United States. And I've been working on this for a number of years. I have had to unlearn what it means to be successful, what it means to be a woman, and really diligently work on teaching myself how to open and surrender to being more feminine, which is naturally occurring. It's just something that I disconnected from and didn't allow myself to feel and experience and express because it didn't feel safe to do so. So what might that look like for you if this applies to you and you're like, okay, 
Yep. Hate my period. Don't like being in my feminine body. Don't want unwanted attention. Have definitely adopted more of a masculine way of being. What do I do, Sarah? I'm going to give you a few steps that are coming to mind right now that I have started to apply that have helped me soften into feminine that you can begin to apply as well. The first is looking at your schedule. Try to give yourself space in your schedule to do nothing. Yep. Literally do nothing. So if you're like I was, I used to have a schedule from sunup to sundown. I had scheduled every single minute of the day, never had free time and space. And if I looked at my weekend and I was like, Oh, I have nothing on calendar Saturday. I would come up with plans to fill it in so that I always had something going on, always had something to do. That's masculine principle, masculine energy, but we need balance and harmony. So you need to balance that with time where you have nothing that you have to do. And then you get to fill that spacious time with whatever the heck you want. You can nap, you can go for a walk, you can literally go in your garden, you can read, you can meditate, you can play with your kids, you can call a girlfriend. It's like whatever you're feeling in the moment. That is part of getting back in tune with your feminine essence because the feminine is guided by fluidity. It's like this inner intuition that's nudging you towards what to do next. And the masculine is living in the mind and the mental field and they're thinking and planning what they need to do next. So how do you start to open yourself to spaciousness, to tune into yourself and your body and ask, what is it that I feel like doing now? And listening, receiving the answer and honoring it. The second thing that you can do to connect to the feminine essence again and bring back online your femininity is find activities or ways that you can begin to feel more sensual. Now, this might be dancing, playing music, and just dancing in your room in a way that feels good to you, moving your hips and allowing yourself to just kind of free flow. Maybe it's taking a bath and lighting candles and putting rose petals in the water with essential oil and lovely music, and you're just in this romantic, sensual space of relaxation. Maybe it's going and getting yourself a decadent chocolate-covered strawberry dessert that you just allow yourself to savor every bite with complete pleasure and abandon, right? These are some of the feminine principles of sensuality and pleasure and slowing down and being present and allowing yourself to just be swept up in the pleasure of it all. And you can start to play with that so that you can begin to turn back on your feminine essence. Now, the other thing you can do, of course, is to repeat the new thought pattern, which is, I rejoice in my femaleness. I love being a woman. I love my body. I know that one can be hard to say and believe, but if up until now, all you're saying is how much you dislike your body and hate your body then it is going to do you some good to begin to say the new truth, which is that you love this body of yours. Even if you're not entirely satisfied with your body, the body that you're in is worthy of love. It does so much for you to keep you alive. And instead of showering it with hatred and judgment and criticism, I want you to begin to shower it with love and just simply saying, I love my body. Or you could add in, I'm learning to love my body. Because if you're not fully there yet, it may be hard to actually say those words. So throw in the word learning. I'm learning to love my body. I'm learning to love to be a woman. I'm learning to rejoice in my femaleness. Louise Hay said in the book that junky thoughts accumulate and create junky conditions in the mind. 
and that you can heal yourself in your life if you're willing to change the way you think and believe and act. So I hope that today's lesson gives you some food for thought, that you can sit and contemplate where some of these probable causes feel true for you or show up in your life, and write down the new thought patterns and begin to just repeat and practice those day to day, especially if you notice some of the old thought patterns popping up in your mind, the fear thoughts, the self-hatred thoughts, the rejecting myself thoughts. That is especially the time where you want to combat the old thinking patterns with these new ones. And remember, this is just one piece of the healing puzzle, but it's an important piece. So don't underestimate the power of practicing these new thinking patterns moving forward. Thanks for tuning in to the Empowered Eating and Living podcast. If you liked today's episode, make sure to follow the show so you don't miss future ones. And if you loved it, then please leave a five-star review so that we can share the love with others who may benefit from listening too. 